Hello, dear friend, and welcome to the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. My name is Michelle Brown, and I am an enrolled agent and church finance consultant, and I love all things Jesus, church finances, business, and books. In this podcast, we will discuss the ins and outs of church finances and clergy taxes, along with how to serve the local church as a staff member, volunteer, or through your bookkeeping business, all while keeping Jesus at the center of everything you do. So grab your notebook and pen to take some notes. So if this sounds like fun to you, then come on, let's get ready to learn. Hello, and welcome back to the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. This is Michelle Brown, and today we are going to discuss a little bit more about housing allowance. Um, Specifically, we're going to talk about um, taking housing designation as part of your retirement and why that is a good thing and why you should do that when possible. So a couple of questions we're going to ask answer are what are the general rules of a parsonage or a housing designation? How do you properly designate that? And are widows of um, prior pastors eligible to take the housing allowance? Okay. So first of all, the general rules of parsonage or housing rental allowance, whatever you want to call it. They're going to be in Section 107 of the Internal Revenue Code. And what that says, it says that a minister of the gospel may exclude from gross income either the rental value of a home furnished to him as part of his compensation or an allowance paid to him as part of his compensation to the extent used by him to rent or provide a home and to the extent that such allowance does not exceed the fair rental value of the home, including furnishings um, and things like a garage plus the cost of utilities, okay? So basically that means that uh, funds that you need to rent or purchase, you know, pay your mortgage payments to the extent of what I call the lesser of three, either the amount of the actual designation from the church the rent fair rental value of the parsonage or the home plus the cost of utilities okay or the actual cost so those are the three things that you need to look at um the next question is what is the proper designation okay so i've had to have this conversation recently and it just it breaks my heart because Uh, Honestly, I always choose to believe that the minister is doing what they think is the right thing to do. And they're usually doing what what they think is the right thing to do because that's what their current church or a previous church or someone else has told them. So I recently had a conversation with an individual about doing their taxes. And one of the very first questions I ask is, do you receive a housing allowance? When they say yes, I say, okay, how is your housing allowance designated? I need to see a copy of either your compensation, um, approved compensation for the year package, or the business meeting minutes, you know, however it's put in there. And this particular individual said, well, it's in the minutes that I am to take whatever um, dollar amount that I want to for housing after I add up all of my expenses through the year and then at the end of the year, I take however much that is on housing. And I said, that is not correct. And I hate hated to tell them this, but 
that's the way that they have been doing it because that's the way their um, their church had had been doing it, and they didn't know any different. So I told them I had to tell them that if I'm going to prepare your taxes this year then the full amount of your wages will be subject to the full federal um, and self-employment withholding. I cannot do a housing allowance on you because it was not designated properly. So I went to the IRS website and got, you know, copy and pasted where it talked about housing designation. And it clearly says that there must be a specific amount designated in advance before payment is received of a housing designation, all right? So you can't just have your church say, like this particular organization did, you know, you can take part of your salary as housing allowance at the end of the year, total up your expenses, and then designate that as your housing on your taxes. If you are to get audited, that is not going to fly. And you're going to have to pay back taxes, plus you're going to have to pay penalties and interest because it was not filed properly. And depending on the mood that the revenue agent is in that day, they could charge you, you know, saying that you intentionally tried to defraud the IRS and blah, 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 blah. Okay, we don't want to do that, people. Okay, so I'm telling you straight up right now, if you receive a housing allowance, if you have anything to do with church finances, which you should have if you're listening to this podcast, please, 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 I don't care who the powers that be are, I don't care how long you've been doing it this way, go to the IRS, type in um, housing, I'm thinking it's publication, oh, I don't have it in front of me, and I'm, my apologies, I will put it in the show notes though, but put in there that it has to be a specific amount designated in advance. It's got to be in writing. It's got to be approved by either your board of elders, your church business meeting, whatever your approval process is. And this has to be done before the individual receives the first payment for housing allowance. Okay. So like this particular individual, if they you know, took my advice and got it put in, um, you know, I told him, I said, whatever your expenses were in 2023, have that designated as your housing allowance for 2024. Unfortunately, it's already the end of January. So you can't do anything about January's, but starting February 1st, you know, when you take your February um, salary, have, you know, X amount of dollars designated as your housing allowance. So I hope, I don't know how they're going to, you know, respond to this. And I actually told them, I said, if you want to file an accurate and correct return, I will gladly do that for you. If you don't want to, then I am not going to be able to prepare your return for you, you know, but I hope that you will get this corrected for 2024. So anyways, please, please, please make sure that that is designated correctly and the proper way, okay? So what I also want you to know is that you can actually, when you retire, you can have your retirement distributions categorized as housing allowance. Um, you need to contact your retirement administrator for your plans 
and especially probably most of you have 403Bs, which is going to be the retirement um, plan that most ministers use. If you have an administrator of a 403B plan, they should be able to walk you through this easy peasy, and they should understand how you need to do that, including um, RMDs, which are um, your required minimum distributions that you have to take on your retirement plans. You can actually have that designated as a parsonage or um, housing allowance because the IRS requires that you take a required minimum distribution after you reach a certain age, but they do not say that you it has to be taxable. Okay, so again, why on earth do you want to give the federal government more money than you absolutely have to? All right. So basically, those are the rules for taking a parsonage allowance, regardless of who you are. Okay, so even if you're retired and you want to take part of it as as an allowance, it still has to be the least of three. You still have to meet those minimum to have that um, not subject to federal withholding. And someone had asked at some point, you know, well, when I pass away, can my widow, you know, my spouse uh, be eligible for the exclusion as well? And the answer to that is no. It actually has to be to the actual retiree, the retired minister, and not the retired minister's widower. All right. So that's just short and sweet. Um, It just, again, it broke my heart that this particular individual, it's been done wrong. And again, it wasn't their fault. It's that's the way that they were taught when they took the position. Their church said, we do it this way. This is all you need to do. And until you're told otherwise, you don't know. Okay. But once you know better, you do better. Okay, people, once you know better, you do better. And again, you're going to hear me say it over and over, is that as representatives of Jesus Christ in this world, as ministers of the gospel, we are held to a higher standard, whether we like it or not, whether we think it's fair or not. It is our job and our responsibility to represent him well. And by him, I mean Jesus. We are to represent him well. And that includes making sure that we're... um, doing these taxes correctly because as he said render to caesar the things that are caesar's and to god the things that are god and also i'm going to throw in here (laughs) i'm kind of on my soapbox here um i'm going to throw on here that even though you may be new to the ministry and you go by what your church is telling you if you were to get audited that is not an excuse Because you can't go by what somebody else tells you, even me, because I'm always going to point you to the IRS website. But you can't say, oh, well, my church told me I could do this. I didn't know any better. And they're going to say, oh, well, that's not a valid excuse. It's not your job to trust them. You need to search this for yourself. You need to make sure that they're telling you correctly. Okay. so please do your what we call due diligence in the tax prep world. Do your due diligence. Make sure that what your church is telling you about ministerial taxes is correct. And just because they've always done this or just because they've never had any problems in the past and nobody's gotten in trouble doing this way before does not make it right. Okay. again, once you know better, you do better. And now you know better. Okay. (laughs) 
Um, so thank you all so much again for listening to this podcast. And if you would do me a favor, would you please, if this helps you in any way, please go and leave me a review on Apple Podcast. All you've got to do is on my main page is scroll down and you'll see, I think it's in blue, write a review, hit those five stars, write a review and um, just leave you know, some encouraging words because that is what the number of reviews that I get and the number of five stars that I get that tells the analytics or whoever the powers that be are these computers, how to make more people aware of my podcast. And I want to help as many people as possible to understand how to do their job and to do it with excellence. So if you could leave me a review, I would tremendously greatly appreciate it. Um, to help get the awareness of this podcast out there. So that is going to be it. Um, As always, remember, let's always strive to make an impact and not just an income. And remember to look your best, do your best, and be your best. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you learned something new or were inspired in any way, please do me a huge Omongo favor and leave me a fantastic five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people to find the show. And then share this episode with someone who you think it could help. Until next time, my friend, be blessed.